The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., To the Tip of the Tower podcast, I know we've been off for, oh man, it's almost been a month, three weeks I think, uh, uh, there's been some uh, some tough times for myself uh, personally and you know this is this is my escape to get back and uh, I am glad, I mean unfortunately Austin is working tonight but because Austin is working I get some, get some <laughs> a pretty good replacement. Jake, you are back. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you kind of, you kind of started this off because you were, you're in a, you're in a little bit of a mood. Let's just put it that way. You're not yeah, too thrilled. I'm, uh, I'm trying to talk people off the cliffs, and I'm also trying to get people to settle down. All the haters who seemingly somehow are happy about a team that is, aren't they eight and four, right? Eight and four or eight, eight and five, five, one of them. Eight and five, yeah. So gotta, gotta deal with those, but it's, it could be worse. Yeah, so the Toronto Maple Leafs have, uh, <laughs> let's just say they have a tough time putting a round puck into a hockey net right now. Uh, yeah. A goal in their last two games. They have now the record, I believe it's the record for goals, like inability, like goalless streak in the first two periods at home. I think it's five games. Um, yeah, I have no idea how they're so bad at home. But, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of happy that they're going to be going to pittsburgh right they're they're going to pittsburgh saturday right yep they're so we're recording this on friday the leafs will be in pittsburgh on saturday um pittsburgh has been shaky they've had yeah to say the least they've had you know they had that pretty decent game against the leafs although the leafs had their chances and then they had the 9-1 beat down against calgary but then they've lost two straight to the new york islanders so yeah um, the, the problem is, and I think the problem that everyone's not realizing is, 
th this first month, I mean, we're, we're not even a month. I think we're almost a month into the season. Teams are still trying to, you know, sort things out, get through, you know, injuries and things like that. Like, this, no team is a finished product. No, not even close. Um, unfortunately for the Leafs, they've, you know, the Austin Matthews injury was not something they expected. But no, and it was a pretty devastating blow, too. It was. And then you have... I mean, just, just think about it. I always say this. Like, think about it from the perspective of other teams. Imagine you take the, the fourth and fourth best player off of a team. Imagine how they do. Imagine you take Nugent Hopkins and McDavid off the Oilers. <laughs> they might not have a win. Um, yeah, I mean, and Oilers fans sort of think that what's going on right now is uh, sustainable for them. At least they're not... I mean, look, people people find amusement when the Oilers do bad, but seeing the Oilers kind of bottom feeding all the time is not something, not something people want to see, uh, because it just uh, the lottery, it just takes away from another team that's probably a little more deserving of having that lottery pick. Let's just say that. I mean, there's teams like the Rangers and uh, L.A. and well, maybe not L.A. but Detroit who just they just got nothing in in the in the bank for for talent and, and those, like they have the best player probably since Sidney Crosby came in the league and he's just I don't know I'm not gonna say rotting away but because they wasted. have picked it up a little bit but yeah he's being his talent is being wasted considering he's playing what 24 didn't he play 26 minutes one game he played 30 minutes in one game I believe like oh my god i don't know how his legs haven't fallen off that is absolutely insane and then you know you look at um I, it's and i it's you you bring up a good point with the rangers in detroit and how you know it's time for them to finally get some uh get some you know some good players come back and young players this is also because detroit and in new york were pushing to be contenders every year they weren't they weren't a team that was just content on, you know, being middle of the pack. They were either going to be good. Yeah. And or, stay ten, good. or I, I see, I'm not, this is where it's weird for me because I'm not a person who advocates for tanking. I think it's like, I hate my big pet peeve is the trust the process with the Sixers. I right. hate it. I think it's like in a complete embarrassment when you're, or the Sabres when basically you're doing everything in your power to lose. You're not even attempting to, put together a decent product i'm not a fan of that but i mean it's it's kind of sad because it's the best way to get talent i will say and, the sabers have looked better so far this season yeah they have i mean maybe they can put it together i still don't think they'll make the playoffs maybe no. in like another year or two considering the dominance of the three teams that are in the atlantic right now with toronto boston and leafs but yeah, they. I mean, they have some players. I mean, I'd hope so, considering how many years they've picked in the lottery, just like us. It over time, you're finally gonna that talent better not. Some of those guys aren't gonna bust. Is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. And then you know, we when you circle back with the Leafs, I, Leafs fans need to realize how fortunate. Like we were, we were expecting years of pain. Like this, realistically, the Leafs should not have been. Stanley Cup contenders this this early, a lot of things went their way, and you know, karma karma worked out for them. But um, you know, you nobody would have expected things to turn around this quickly. But 
Um, this whole notion that the kind of the sky is falling, they need to now rush to get William Nylander signed, and it's becoming it's becoming comical because if Leaf fans are having an issue with what's been going on lately, the last decade where the Leafs were absolutely dreadful feels like you know the worst type of torture in the world. Oh yeah, it's. It's just getting annoying how they're like, oh, he has leverage game to game. It's like if you think somebody is running their business based on a game to game basis because they haven't won a couple games, that guy deserves to get fired almost immediately. Yeah, I I really like um, you know Kyle Dubas's calm demeanor throughout all of this. Um, there have been some GMs who. Honestly, they probably would have caved in at some point. Like the Oilers definitely caved in with the whole Drysital, uh, McDavid. No, McDavid signs for big money, so Drysital feels entitled to get no more than I think he should have. Uh, yeah, probably, probably overpaid at the time, maybe a million more a year. But I mean, they were kind of in a tough boat where he was so dominant in the playoffs, and it's. That's what it is with most of the time, especially in free agency. It's most of the time. It's what have you done for me lately? Not what you've done. Obviously we've seen legacy contracts with a guy like Jonathan Taves and guys like Drew Doughty and Kopitar and Kane. But I mean, this is more of a projection and they projected him to be an elite number one center, like a Malkin or somebody like that. And he just, I mean, he's still an incredible player, but he's just not that no, and this is probably the biggest issue with Nylander is everyone knows what the comparables are for him. Everybody knows what he should get, but he sort of thinks he's in this other tier that nobody else thinks he is a part of. Like, he thinks he's Dreisaitl money. Everyone thinks he's Ehlers, uh, Pasnak, who I would argue is worth around what Dreisaitl's making, but the Bruins and the Bruins are probably the best example of what can go right if you're patient and make the player wait it out is you know players will make Pasternak will make that money back Nylander can yeah, make that he money probably back will. I can't see how they wouldn't because you know you just saw with John Tavares if you're if you do things as you know if you're playing the right way if you're dominant for a good period you will, you will get your payday when it when the time's right. The time is just, right. You know what? Nylander is is getting it at the worst time because of Matthews and Marner's deals. Um, if Matthews and Marner were taken care of and we knew what their number was, this would probably be a little easier to resolve. Um, but. I, I think I'm only I'm only of the agreement that you know you need to get him signed, but I'm also not willing to let the guy sit out and have that asset sit out for the whole season. No, exactly. So, I mean, it's kind of the thing I, I I really don't like is how it's kind of changed. Like uh, it used to be when guys were just coming at entry level, they'd have these like little bumper deals, like what. Guys like Shifley have, Tavares had it, Nathan McKinnon have it, where they get like a, a little bit of a pay raise. 
But now, I think Nashville kind of killed it for everybody. Nashville was kind of famous for doing those long-term kind of gamble deals where they did it with Roman Yossi, Victor Arvidsson, where they see one year of high production and they're gambling. They're saying, we're going to give you more term with a lot of money over banking that you will exceed what you're doing right now and then make us pay down the line. And it's worked, and so many teams have done it. But, you know, I knew it would be bad as soon as that Jack Eichel contract. I mean, Connor McDavid, that's different. That's, like, the best yeah. player in the world. Dry but Jack Eichel getting $10.5 million, and he's played, what, one full season? Yeah, he's it's had like, injuries and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's a terrific player, but that's just an insane amount of money. I, I don't like the thing that gets me. I'm like, are they? Would he really have just said that is completely insulting if they said here's here's eight million dollars over six years? Yeah. I think it, it didn't make sense to me at all. And it doesn't like, you know, for him to think. Look, this is a guy that when Austin Matthews was injured, he didn't get he he didn't raise his level, like he, like that was suggested he's you know, of the same level as, as Matthews. You know, you knew Matthews, you noticed Matthews' impact when he wasn't out because a guy like Nylander couldn't really feel his shoes in at center. Granted, Nylander is not the same type of player as Matthews, but that his Nylander could have made this a lot easier on himself if he could have shown that, you know, he was a capable center, you know, he can dominate on his own, he's not relying on others. I've seen the numbers. I know that the numbers are, you know, he's pretty good. I mean, he's pretty comparable to some of the other, uh, you know, other big talent players. But, you know, when the time was they needed him in the playoffs, he didn't show up the way they needed him to. When Matthews was out, he didn't, you know, he didn't really show up in the way I think he should have. So those things go against. And, it only confirmed what I thought was that he's not the top tier guy. He is a good player, but he's not of the same ilk as what Marner and Matthews can do, which is drive things on their own. Yeah. Drive lines by themselves. I mean, that's, that's really, those are elite players who can do that. I mean, all-star level players are somebody like William Nylander. He's not like, he's not going to be a guy who, well, he's not, I think, I think, you know, he's got a pretty good shot. I don't think he's going to be a shooter. Like, I think he's more of a playmaker than a shooter. And you kind of got to be elite at both, and he's kind of just really good at both of those. So it's it's a weird case study with, with Willie. Uh, I think he's a, like a 75-point player. Obviously, you can tell people are really intrigued by that based on, you know, all the interest he's gotten. There's been, what, like, 25 teams or something like that some ridiculous yeah, amount i, I heard like i mean I, I don't know how you don't have every team in the league wanting to go after him but the only teams that wouldn't go after him are the ones that don't have the cap space exactly That's... or the or even don't have anywhere near enough to make a deal make sense so if if let's say we're okay with november 2nd right now Let's say in two weeks he's still not signed. At what point do you decide either you're giving it up for the year or you're trading him? When are you making that call? I'd say middle of November, around American Thanksgiving. That's where I'd make the decision. 
I mean, yeah, I just I, I'm fine with the Leafs not caving either to his demands. I think they're I think they're high. I mean, he can shoot for the moon, but at some point, not even budging, just seems like what are you thinking? Like I, that's the first question I want to know. I'd be like, what what are you thinking right now? Why? What do you think you're worth? And he hasn't come up with something. No, and you know, like Kyle Dubas seems to be going more above and beyond. Like he's meeting him in Switzerland. He's meeting his agent in New York. Like he seems to be the one that's kind of making the effort. It doesn't seem like Nylander. If if Nylander was making an effort, this probably would be closer to being resolved than what's being reported. Like we're hearing that they're still at a standstill, meaning that nothing has changed since you know months. Like it's not like they have made any progress. No, I, I don't. It makes no sense to me how somebody's that headstrong. Um, some are suggesting the whole he's got his dad in his ear, but his dad also doesn't want. If you really think about it, does his dad want to screw up his son's career and have that reputation? And especially when he has another son that's in the league too. Especially considering the kind of the career his dad had. His dad was like a an elite journeyman sort of. Like yeah. he was a guy that had what like five or six teams. Yeah, he was. He, he played for multiple teams, had decent production, but was known to be a difficult contract guy. But I don't know. Your son is in the most perfect situation he's on a Leafs team where he doesn't have to be the star player but he contributes and you know both on and off the ice he's going to get you know he's going to make compensated he's going to get compensated and then how are you not as his father trying to make him realize look you take you take you know less than what you want now and get it later I don't Fine, you know, if you want, if you really want to do that, then ask for less years. Like, don't go no, for like the, six. This is the whole thing for me. This is the whole thing for me. I, Like, I'm a person that I always side with players. If guys want to make money, that's on them. They're allowed to make money. Mm-hmm. But if they want to prioritize winning or playing on a better team, you can't. it's, like, really hard to have two. Like, the thing I don't understand is if he wants his money, he wants to make $7 million, fine. Just then, then go out and say, yeah, I mean, I'd rather – I'm more about money and I'd rather go somewhere else where I'm going to get paid that money because the Leafs are not that team. I mean, that, that's the thing for me. Like if, I, if he says straight up, you know, I know I'm not going to get paid here. I'd rather go somewhere else to get paid than fine. But the fact that he's, he's basically said, yeah, I want to be here. I want to win here. That's what doesn't make sense to me. It's like, okay, you know our side of the story. We cannot pay you that money because we are a good team and we have a lot of good players. And we just got we can't, John yeah, for We just signed dollars. one of the best free agents to ever come out. That so you got to pick one or the other. That should have motivated Neeland to say, "This is what this. Let's okay. I want to get in and get it going. Like it, it's." It, it, yeah, it really does baffle me that this is dragged down as long as it, it, it has. Um, I mean, maybe the Leafs could have been a little more aggressive in the offseason to try to get this done. I don't think they foresaw this getting as bad as they, as it has. But, yeah, it, yeah, it is getting frustrating. And 
Um, the thing I don't like is how I don't like how some fans are basically like turning against the guy because yeah. he wants to get paid. Yeah, I'm not against him want, making sure that he's, you know, he's getting his his due. Um, it's not you. I, there, I've seen fans oh, yeah, that no, are no, like, no. "Fuck this guy." Yeah, those guys. He's a greedy bastard. It's like, that's the thing I love. Like I saw some guy on Twitter after Yanni Gord said they're like, "He's gonna be a good company." It was talking about Braden Point. So like he's gonna be a good company man and take a take a discount. It's like, why? Because you want him to? <laughs> like, this is a game where you can end your career in one hit. Uh, I'm not taking pay cuts unless I'm been around, gotten paid, and I'm able to make that decision. I mean, that's up to them. They work their entire lives to be here. They're in the top one percent of the one percent. If you ever were, if you're ever in the top one percent of one percent of your field, you should be compensated that way either. So, I mean, it's it's just stupid. It's hypocritical from people, and it makes it gets me annoyed. It does, it, it, you know, and it's fans that, just frankly and truthfully, they don't understand. No, they're, they they don't, and you know, I can't. You can't criticize them for their passion, like, you know, a lot of America. Like this is where, I think. You know, Toronto, you know, is equal to some American sports teams is the passion that the fan base has, whether, you know, it's uh, reasonable or not. But um, it also speaks to how people have this old school mentality of, oh, he doesn't know he hasn't signed yet. He doesn't want to play for us. You know, he should just leave or he should know they should trade him to set an example. The Leafs should not be operating that way either they shouldn't just trade a guy because he's being difficult they should no it sets a terrible example too yeah because you think like you think austin matthews and and you know mitch are gonna take discounts people people are thinking oh mitch is gonna do it no way it's like especially like this is a guy that hasn't gotten paid yet yeah yeah he has a couple of endorsements but you know when you get a chance to make your money in the nhl Make as much something. as possible. Especially, like the, all these these teams are making hand over fist. Yeah. When they don't do anything, but all they do is they have basically the NHL is, has put them in a system because it's a cap where they're not allowed to get their market value. Yeah. And that's that's another thing. Like they're not allowed to get proper market value for their services because there's a salary cap in place. You know, and, and you're yeah, and you're punishing teams, and we've and you and I we've had this argument before. You're punishing teams for having too many good players. Exactly, I hate it. I I have always wanted a a luxury tax system where you can go over for either one player or uh, signing your own players. Obviously, wouldn't have, wouldn't help the Leafs considering they had John Tavares, but yeah. I mean. I, I kind of like the idea in the NBA where, you know, you can keep a team together, but it's going to cost you economically, economically. And I think that money should go back into the lower market teams that aren't making said money like Arizona or Florida or hell Carolina. Yeah. And and this is actually the funny part is, you know, <laughs> Carolina has been, and we'll get, let's get into this now. Carolina has been the rumored top destination for Nylander and, it, you, you and I, and and you know our, no, our group, has found it laughable that it's Carolina that's interested, and 
the player that everyone keeps talking about, and I don't understand it, it's Justin Falk. Makes absolutely zero sense. Why are you trading a winger who is, I think, Nylander's 22 years old? 21? No. It's, like, it's absolutely 20, asinine. Yeah, 27-year-old defenseman that... Is a free agent after next year. Uh, he can get grossly overpaid based on what we've seen in free agency and is not a good defenseman. It's not the defenseman you need. Um, I'm all for guys who drive offense and move, you know, are able to move the puck. But when you're a guy that's I considered soft and the analytics guys will have an issue with me saying that, but when you're a soft player in your own zone, um, he just wouldn't add anything to them no. defensively, which is what they need. And and we've and we've argued that the you no know, Carolina should have to ante up more. Yeah. There's no like look, I understand that Slavin is their best defenseman, but also well, second to- best. I think Hamilton's probably the best. Oh yeah, that's true. Dougie Hamilton is their best. Um but by the way, what a what a great trade for both teams that has turned out to be, huh? Oh yeah. Especially the way Lindholm has come in. Lindholm's got like nine goals and Hannafin's been really good for them. And then Furlan's got like eight goals for Carolina on, yeah. on that top was, line that's just ripping the league to shreds right now. I've been good on I've been a big uh big guy on Furlan. I had him in fantasy hockey. Very oh, I love underrated. Furlan. That's who I, I really wanted the Leafs to get, but I mean He's going to get paid a lot of money. Big body, can score 25, 30 goals. He's going to get paid. Uh, yeah, he is. And th- that's the thing, too, is, like, you know, we can we can sit here and fantasize about wanting this guy or that guy. You have to, A, make the co- look at the contract status. Like, do you want to go through this all over again? Do you want to get a guy who has, you know, the reason why Falk doesn't work is going to be, an unrestricted free agent. I want a guy who you have some deal of control. He's young, so they can grow with yeah. the, within the team, and they can is on a obviously within the constraints of their cap, and is got years of control with them. Control. I love how that's a baseball term. Yeah, and there's not many teams that have that free, have that freely available. Like, no, you know, a, a guy that I've always really liked, which uh, was Colton Preco in St. Louis. And yeah, I that's gar- probably one of my faves. And guarantee St. Louis is never going to do that. They, they have so many wingers. Uh, that's not, it's not really been their problem. Their problem has been goaltending. So, um, like, I, I don't see that working out. Um, Someone brought up Philly. Again, Philly does have good defensemen. The oh, thing is, like, I read an article on the thing for Philadelphia, and they just, like, they had a beat writer, obviously, so he's writing it honestly, and he's just scratching off names. It's like, who I want, who I want, who I want. And it's like, okay, then take a hike. <laughs> you, you can't, yeah. This this becomes the issue. You want they're like guy. They're like, no on Provorov, Gostaspair, uh... Who was the other one? Uh, like Robert Haig, uh, Sanheim, and they're like, but they have Philippe Myers. It's like, okay, Philippe, no. Philippe Myers was an undrafted player who 
they got lucky on, but it still hasn't proven to be anything, you know, worth anything that I would even trade a lot for. Like, was on that World Junior team. Yeah. Uh, looked promising. Hasn't really made it to the league yet. What the Leafs are looking for is a ready product right now that can come in and play top pairing or top four minutes right away and add something to the team. Not like a projection. They're not dealing in futures, especially considering the amount of talent they have on this roster. Not, yeah, not only that, uh, but they're they're not in a win now mode. But they they want they're not gonna they don't want to sit back and see. The Leafs the Leafs are in a win now mode. They are in a win now mode. But I'm saying that they're not gonna want to sit back. Like, no, they're not gonna say, oh, you know, we'll take two or three years to see how it, you know, and and just be passive about it. No, they wanna they want to get things going. Oh yeah, for sure. Um. I think they should be buyers at the deadline for a defenseman. Um, but none of this, none of this bullshit where they go and they buy like a fucking waste another second round pick on a fourth I fourth swear line center. To God, if they do that again, I, I that heard, makes me want to pull my hair out. I heard somebody mention that today. Look, Babcock just has to realize. I mean, when Matthews comes back, Lindholm can slide in the fourth center spot. That's that's all you get. You can't get the shiny toys that are going to cost you a lot and you're not going to play them that much. Like Placanic was honestly not worth a second round pick. That was an awful trade. Um, uh, Brian Boyle, I believe he was a second as well. Yep. And he, like he didn't. And the thing that's the thing that's getting annoying is you're going to get to a point where you see what those second round picks become. Oh, I know. I, I don't even want to look and see what Montreal... I mean, Montreal has looked better than I expected, and that's because they're going with younger guys, and eventually that's going to fall... No, it's going to... They're going to fall flat. They're going to take a step back. But, uh, yeah, you don't want to see that happen. You don't want to see your team... Like, this is what happened with New York. The, this is what happened with the Rangers. This is what happened with the Red Wings. You trade, you trade, you trade. And then catches up to you. It catches up to you, and uh, it's it hasn't caught up to the Leafs yet because the Leafs were good at, you know, their late drafting and accumulating draft picks at certain points. Um, but yeah, I I don't want to see them go for. They have to go for it. I mean, to a, to a reasonable degree. Like if you're gonna, and this is the problem: is who is available. Honestly, that's the problem. Yep. Um, the, the problem is, is too many teams that have decent players don't don't they don't they decide that no maybe we'll, maybe we'll hang around maybe we'll see how it goes. That's the problem with the NHL now is because they want that parity, but then you have too many teams that should sell, should reload, decide you know what. I, we're we're not doing too bad, we're not good enough, but we can, we can we can hang in a little bit longer, and then it becomes too late for some teams. Yep. Um, I argue that the Leafs were one of those teams in the past. Um, they finally figured it out, and look at where it's gotten them. And I, I think, I think Montreal has sort of done that, but hasn't fully done that, and that's I think. You know, hurt them. 
That's I, why I think they're just going to be in a terrible position. The Senators, by God, the Senators are the prime example of how to do it wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Like, if I look right now at the standings, because I have this lovely setup I have now at home where I can have two screens and watch the Raptors game as we record. Um, by the way, the Raptors are winning as I'm talking. By how much? I think it's by 10 or a little Ooh. less because Phoenix. I need, a, I need a by nine. All right. So, so far they've been doing okay. They haven't. Uh, Fred, uh, Fred hit from three. So There we go. Um, they're steady, Freddy. Ooh, okay. They're up. Uh, they're up six right now, but they have the ball. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll be sure to keep track of it. Uh, ooh, CJ Miles, three. There you go. <laughs> See stuff like that, Jake. They're, there we go. They're listening. Okay, so I look at teams. LA. You know, LA, no. LA's old. Just stop. Just stop. They no. should tank. Next. No, but they should be. I'm talking about teams. Oh, oh, oh I think you're saying for Nylander. No, oh, no, sorry. No. I'm saying teams. No, LA is, I think, the least talented offensive team in the league. Uh, yeah, 24 goals. They are actually the wow. worst team. So Matthews and Tavares have seven less goals than them, and Matthews has missed, what, two games? Yeah. Um, yeah, not good. Florida, I think is going to turn a corner because Luongo's back. Florida's, Florida's are, they're not in that position. The yeah. teams who I consider hopeless teams where they just, they just need to tank essentially is LA. obviously Detroit. Yeah. I think they're, I mean, Ottawa's a joke too, but I mean, when you make a genius trade like that, you can't really do anything. Um, the Rangers, sadly, unfortunately yeah. for, for, the hockey fans up here in this in in New York City that sucks for them. Mm -hmm. I think Montreal should do the same thing. I think I think Columbus might have to start it again, considering they're probably going to lose Panarin and Bobrovsky. I think maybe they should for, trade maybe both, for nothing. They 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 have two teams. Columbus has two teams right now that would take Bobrovsky. That's St. Yep. Louis and Calgary. And Philly. Look at Philly. And Philly too. Yes. Or Florida. Yeah, but Florida doesn't want to pay guys. That's the problem. I mean, they're going to have to learn to pay guys. Yeah. Anaheim, I think, is a team that... Oh, yeah. Has... Anaheim, I think Chicago's kind of passed it. Uh, like, An Anaheim, man. They're, it's, it's, I think Vegas another one, too. But Anaheim, they are getting outshot, actually, by, like, 20 a game. Oh, yeah. Like, John Gibson has been stellar. But... There's only so much. Uh, Vancouver's another one that has been in it but shouldn't be in it. Um, like these are teams that you know you're not winning this year. You're not gonna probably win next year. So why are you making a push or why aren't you consider selling so that you can recoup some assets and and get it and and close your window a bit in terms of getting back to that competing level. I think LA mm -hmm. is the best team in this whole situation and I mean they have some players that I would consider trade for not giving up a lot for but uh, for me there's like five Doughty, Doughty, Carter Kopitar, Pearson to Foley. That's about it. 
I like Kempi too. Kempi's pretty good. That's it. Kempi's good. Um, I heard the name, and I don't know where this came from, but Alec Martinez. Yeah, he's a good player. He's a but guy. he's kind of old on a crappy contract. Yeah. Um, I probably wouldn't give up anything unless they eat part of that contract, but we'll see. Um, yeah, they're a team that has gone old quicker than they've gone younger, which is really hard to do in today's NHL. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they've really screwed themselves up. And, yeah, there's, there's teams that are d- pretenders that should give it up but haven't yet. So... <sighs> I think we I think we pretty much agreed that if the Leafs are going to do anything with with Nylander, it's got to come in a couple weeks because you're not you're not taking this to a level where you're you're putting yourselves in a very dire situation. Correct. But um, I, I I the only team I can see that would give the Leafs something tangible is Carolina. Carolina. And what yeah. would that? What would your? You, what would you be your take it or leave it offer? For me, like, what's the best possible thing yeah. that's that I would take? Like, if you're I'd, the Leafs, I would I would need if I'm the Leafs, I, I'm gonna need at minimum Brett Pesci and Warren Fogle or Fogle or whatever his name is. That's what I'm gonna need to start. I would like a pick too. Or maybe a prospect, but that's where I would need just to start. Yeah, I feel like, and I think you mentioned this. This are, I think it was Chris that mentioned this. Like, this isn't a one for one sort of deal. You cannot, no, if you're Leafs, make a one for one deal. You need, yes, obviously to get a player back. You need some assurance, maybe a draft pick, maybe a prospect that you think is pretty decent. You cannot do this Edmonton Oilers style. No. Like, uh, I think the Oilers are the prime example of how it can go very, very wrong in these situations. Um, yeah, I, I I would probably say, um, yeah, Brett Pesci, yeah, he's not a a puck moving guy. I, he's not an offensively driven defenseman. There's not many on that team other than Hamilton and Falk, and we know Dougie Hamilton is not going to be traded for the third time. No. Unless they really do hate the fact that he goes out and reads. Yeah. Um, I don't know much about this Warren Fogle guy, so I will assume. Basically. I think he played for the Guelph Storm. He's, he's like a third-round pick. He's done pretty well. He's got like three goals this year. Kind of like a bigger forward guy. Kind of like a Michael Furlan light is who I'd compare him to. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't mind having Michael Furlan. If that was a oh, forward. me too. I just I I think there's no way considering the yeah the display that that first line has put. I mean, Aho's got what a point every game this season. Uh, I'm looking at the stats right now, so I could tell you that yeah, Aho has 17 points in 12 games. That's insane. But their their scoring is like Michael Furlan leads the team with seven goals, so obviously he's. Not going yeah, there's anywhere. no way they're. I think they're they're basically trading so they can get secondary scoring a top from that first line because that's basically that first line runs the whole show. So by the way, he um, this Vogel guy, he went to the University of New Hampshire for New Hampshire for two years. But then, really, yeah. But then he went back to the he went to the OHL, 
So he's a Mark. He's from Markham. He's a Toronto kid. Right. Uh, went to St Andrews College, then went to University of New Hampshire, then played three years in the OHL with Kingston and Erie. Put up almost a point per game. Uh, which is pretty good for a guy of his size. Um, yeah, he's a big boy. Yeah. I like his game. He had 46 points in 73 games with the Charlotte Checkers. Um, he's big too, isn't yeah. he? Isn't he like 6'2 or 6'3? 6'2, 190 pounds. Which yeah, that's that's a that's not the biggest, but he that he's got some muscle on his bones. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it, if Carolina is as desperate as people are making it out to be. Which they are. I mean, they haven't made the playoffs since, what, like 2008 or something like that? If, they just got a new – they got, what, their third owner? They can't put people on the seats. Maybe yeah. they should try and make the playoffs. Yeah, and they seem to have a really good uh, – you know, just a really – yeah, 2008-9 was the last time they made it, and they lost in the conference finals to Boston. One of the most improbable runs, I remember. And – yeah, they, they're a team that hasn't put it together. And what better way to send a message to your fan base than to say we're going to go and get a guy like Nylander to add to a group we think that's already good. Yeah, uh, exactly. No, it, make, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, you know, for me, it's not ideal. I'd, I'd obviously prefer to see how this team plays with their four stars. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, we don't live in an ideal world. It's not an ideal situation. But, I mean, in this scenario – if they were to get, say, you know, a prospect and Warren Fogle and, and Brett Pesci, I think that would do the leap. So I think they become more balanced. I think they'd be obviously worse offensively, but they become more balanced because, I mean, I've played with Brett Pesci. He's from Terrytown, New York. He's from upstate New York, and I played with him in the AYHL for the North Jersey Avalanche. He's, he's probably, probably the best skater I've ever seen play live. And I've seen Seth Jones play at age 16. This kid can skate. He's just so light on his feet. Everything he does, it just seems so easy to him. He's a really good player. I think his, his ceiling is kind of a 10-goal, 10-to-12-goal, 35-point guy who's going to be – can play both scenarios, not really on the power play, but he can play on a penalty kill. Mm-hmm. He would be a really nice ad. He's not – I think he locks in as a as a top four defenseman right away. He's he's kind of young. I think he's 22, so maybe he can become a top pairing defenseman. But he would be a really nice guy to slot in with either, you know, Jake Gardner or Travis Dermott or or Morgan Riley. And with the dearth of defensemen the Leafs have that are right shot, he would be a, a big add. And I think you know, a guy like Fogel would add some some size up front. Maybe playing with a guy like a like an Austin Matthews or a John Tavares or or a Nazem Kadri, I think he could he could score 20 goals. I think he could be like a Michael Furlan, a guy who can get you 20, 20 and 20 and give you a little physical edge. I, I would like that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the current state of the team right now. And, look, I mean, John Tavares signs for $11 million, so, you know, when the team is not performing, he's going to take he's going to take the brunt of it. And I, I give him credit. It doesn't seem like the pressure is getting to him with the way he's talking. He's been very professional about it. He hasn't lit it up it's like he did at the start of the season. Um, but this is, I think, a really good opportunity for him to shut some people up. People who need yeah, to Yeah, for shut sure. Up. People, I mean, 
Uh, did you see the thing with uh, Stan Fischel? Like, I, I can't even believe that guy's still alive. I, I, I like, read a tweet because uh, O-Dog quote tweeted him, and I was just like, what the fuck? What is he talking about? <laughs> he said, um, what's, uh, he said M M N, which I'm guessing is Michael Nylander, even though William Nylander is the one holding out. <laughs> but, I mean, just that and, and the fact that these fans are just like, ah, see? They lost two games. The season's over, considering they're still in the playoffs. They're missing two of their best players, yet they're still in a playoff spot, and there's, what, like 69 or 70 games left. I think they'll be okay. Yeah. Um, let's move on. I think we. I think the Leafs will we'll see how this Pittsburgh trip goes, and then they have a, another home stand or a couple home games after that. So we'll see how they, how they pull out of this. Uh, let's move on because there's a team playing right now that I'm watching them. Uh, sorry, Jake. They only have a six-point lead on the Phoenix Suns. Okay, make that six point. Eight points now. Um, How far? But what? What time are you at? I am at ten forty-eight. I'm a little I'm buddy. On, you're you're about to see a run. Okay, so I'm I'm on my uh, on my sports set now stream because ah they're up sixteen on mine. Okay, so I'll let. You, I'll let you give me the <laughs> score updates because this seems to be pointless for me. Yeah, um, Freddie's sort of picked it up. They, they're starting to hit some shots. I mean, they're playing the goddamn Suns. I'd hope they pick it up. Can you believe this is the first night that the Raptors have had their full healthy lineup in? Is it really? Yep. They have not had all their players in the lineup at the same time. They've had, like, Fred Van Vliet's been out. DeLon Wright's been out. Um, they got the eleven-man rotation, I'm guessing. Yeah, so they have you know the pretty deep rotation, but they finally uh, they finally get their you know the roster that many expected them to have. It's now there. Good. I want to see them. I'm looking forward to watching them play the <laughs> watch them play the Lakers. I, I hope they destroy the Lakers. They should. I can't see why they shouldn't. But. Um, they they've only had one blimp in the radar, and that's the loss of Milwaukee, who where they dressed nobody and yeah, the Raptors had like Kawhi, Fred, and OG not playing. Those are and Delon wasn't playing either. Or yeah, he wasn't playing. Pascal Siakam was their best player, which I mean Pascal's been good, but he should not be your best player. No, at this never. stage. So I've I've been really. I mean, it's hard to not be impressed with what you've seen, what we've seen from this Raptors group. Oh yeah, definitely. I, the thing I think the person that's been getting not enough love is Kyle Lowry. Just oh, how man. well he's been playing. He he's averaging like what, like twelve assists a game or something insane like that. Well, just to give you, he has ten assists in this game in twenty. And I don't think he's played well. He's he's been frustrated tonight, but um, you know, I was at the game against. Phoenix, where they absolutely demolished them, and yeah, so Larry is averaging eleven point one assists a game right now. Um, Jeez, he. I think we're starting to realize. Look, he doesn't have to be a, a you know the top player on the team, but when he has help, he can be very. Like I was so glad when they didn't trade him in the offseason. Oh, yeah, me too. I, I loved it. Because, A, I don't think... Like, look, 
We know that DeMar DeRozan, you know, has this chip on his shoulder, doing pretty well in San Antonio. But I was tired of it. I was tired of the fact that, you know, when it need, when they needed him, he wasn't there. You just kind of get tired of banging your head on the ceiling, right? Yeah. There's a glass ceiling, and above that glass ceiling was just the Cavs and 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 the Warriors, obviously. And you know, since then, I'll let the, I mean, I think personally, teams that had entered the fray—I don't know if they are right now—were Houston and Boston. And I, I just think it, it was a deal they had to make. Especially, I just love the gamble, man. I'm, I mean, obviously, you know me and Chris were the, the gamblers we are, but we love just letting it ride. And I mean. Just having a shot with a legitimate top five player in the league, I think probably the best two-way player in the entire NBA, they had to do it. And it looks like it's working. I mean, time will tell. But, yeah, it gets kind of annoying when, you know, you got DeMar DeRozan and people at the time were being really, um, what was it, they're kind of, what's the word, like talking down to, kind of being condescending, like, that's a nice little team. You know they'll they'll win their 55 games and they'll be in the playoffs, but it's not like they're a championship contender. And it was annoying. So it was. And look, the East is garbage. Like I actually here. disagree with that. I no. think the East might be deeper than the West. Okay, I, I I'm just saying in terms of contenders. I yeah, I, yeah. Great. I think I think the East has three definite contenders. I think the Bucks are really good. They are. No, they've, they've, you know. I think it's the Bucks, the Raptors, and the Celtics. I think it's just the Warriors out west. I don't see any other team challenging them. Not uh, Utah? Nope. I think they would be Utah in five. Look at Houston. They look horrible. I watched them barely beat the Nets today. What's going on with the uh, Nuggets? I mean, the Nuggets are a very good team. I just, I think that's the only team that could legitimately give the uh, like a good series. I think the they give the se- a good series uh, to the Warriors. I don't think they beat them, but I think they give a really good series. And then it's people think maybe San Antonio can keep it up. No, that's the thing. That's just Demar's new team. I love how as soon as he goes to an American team, they're like, "Oh yeah, he's a he's a great player. Look <laughs> at him." It's like, "Oh, don't worry. Wait for it. Wait for it." I know he'll I, go missing on you. I know we should take this guy's opinion with a fine grain of salt, but Skip Bayless. Well, he's a Spurs fan, so... Yeah, did you hear him, hear what he had to say about Kawhi and DeMar? How he would take... No. He would take DeMar's clutch ability, but let me repeat that, clutch ability over Kawhi Leonard, who is always hurt. Oh, my God. I... I gotta find this clip. It's probably on YouTube, but I um, mean, just if to... you go, if you go on the oh goodness, go imagine on... if he said that last year. Go on the article I wrote about Kawhi Leonard on Tip, and you'll uh, you'll get a laugh because I did put the tweet in there with that rant. Not even a rant. Shannon Sharp was like, "You tell me that if the if the Spurs could could get uh, one get, for one trade, get, you would do it. Like if the, <laughs> if the Spurs could get Kawhi back, they're doing it in a heartbeat." They never wanted to Oh, no, to trade no him. duh. They never wanted him to go. But they had to. Like, yeah. That was a relationship that was broken. If people think that, you know, Kawhi quit on the Spurs, no. It was a mutual. This relationship was broken. Something had to give. 
Um, and they did it the right way. The Spurs got a first, a guy they can build with in uh, Jakob Pertl. DeMar is going to give them, you know, keep them, you know, keep their their re- reputation as a playoff team alive. But, you know, they were going to lose Kawhi regardless. So why not get something in return rather than lose him in free agency or him? No, I, I thought it was a good trade for both sides. I mean, the Spurs are kind of, they're kind of like half pregnant in that they don't want to rebuild because they're trying to ride it out with Pop, which makes sense considering he's probably one of the greatest coaches of all time. But they also aren't good enough to compete, so they're probably just going to maybe compete, win one playoff series, maybe get a home a home court, but they're never going to never going to get back to competing for titles as long as this core is, especially with DeMar. I mean, it's not a coincidence that they're one of the worst defensive teams in the league now. Yeah, and uh, like uh, if I go back to this box score, the Raptors are still comfortably 13 points, so your bet's still alive, Jake, which is good. Um, yeah, the Raptors have made it, and I don't even think the Raptors are you know, putting firing at all cylinders. Like They're not giving it their, their best. No, not at all. How impressive? How impressed? Sorry, are you with Nick Nurse so far? I've been very impressed with what he's done since he's. I really haven't uh, liked his rotations, but I mean, I mean that's just nitpicking at this point. Like yeah. I think, you know, there's it's a long season. He's trying to find his ideal lineup, but I haven't liked some of his rotations. Like against this against the Seventy Sixers, where he's putting out like freaking Lorenzo Brown and guys like that. I'm like, come on, be serious, but. I mean, I've been impressed with, with the way the ball is being spread around. They're kind of running it through a superstar the way they should. I just think they're, especially defensively, I think they've been smothering. I mean, they did a, what's the guy's name? I think Zach Lowe, who for ESPN wrote a really good piece on, on the Raptors defense on, on how when he has that sort of death defensive lineup for the Raptors that goes pretty pretty sure it's, it's Kyle Lowry, OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard, they just absolutely are all – they play smothering defense. And they showed a great clip on the switching that they do. And it was uh, it was awesome. He put in gift forms, and I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. But that's what I've been really impressed with is their defense. Because the Raptors' defense, yeah, I know they had like a top 5 or 10 net rating for defense. But it was really kind of masked because they really dominated against the bad teams. But whenever they played good teams, they were awful defensively. Yeah, and they're, you know, I looked at, you know, the first couple games. You dummy Cleveland. You handled the Boston Celtics very well. Uh, I'm trying to think of the other. I mean, the Hornets, uh, you know, Anthony Davis comes in and they completely shut him down, which. Wrong, wrong team. Oh. Which okay, wait. Anthony Davis plays for New Orleans Pelicans. Okay, did I say Hornets? Yeah. Yeah, Charlotte Hornets. Um, yes, the Pelicans, because the Pelicans used to have Boogie Cousins. And, Correct. Yeah, there we go. I always get those two teams mixed up. I keep thinking Michael Jordan own, owns the Hornets. Yes. Correct. <sighs> Sad Michael face <laughs> at that point. Exactly. Um, this is also midnight, so brain goes at a different rate at that time but um no i've liked the way that they when you know when they have a very tough matchup obviously the milwaukee one was not their best and 
let's just face it, they were not very good defensively. That's probably the only thing. I want to, I want to see them against a couple more really good teams. So they're gonna get the Lakers, who aren't a good team, but they're a team that will show up. Like LeBron will show up against Kawhi if they end up playing each other. Let's. We don't know if they're gonna if Kawhi's gonna play that because I think they have a back to back. Um, what do you make of that? That whole resting on the back to back. I've been fine with it, but there's yeah, been a lot. I'm I'm all right with it. They're not playing for the regular season. I mean, if he's resting every single back to back, it's gonna be like oof. But I mean, they're they're just being precautionary. He's still kind of working the rust off, so to speak. But I mean, I don't have an issue with it. Yeah. So here I got the schedule in front of me. So they have the Lakers and they have Utah. People are giving saying Utah is gonna be the tough one, but. You have to, and if you're the NBA, you want to see Kawhi go up against the Lakers. Which it looks like he will do. Um, then you have, um, let's see, who do we have? Sacramento Kings, that should be an easy win. Uh, the Knicks, we know how that's probably going to go. Then the Pelicans uh, come to Toronto again. Uh, Detroit, that'll be Dwayne, first game against Dwayne Casey. Uh, then they have a pretty interesting. They'll have their first game in Boston later in the month. They're gonna have some teams like I think the game against LA will be big. Uh, another go round against uh, New Orleans, Boston. Obviously, that's gonna be a tough matchup. I'm curious to see how they play against Miami, but no game has more cachet than November 29th at home against the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, that will be fun. That's the game where, you know, obviously Kawhi is going to play because there's no back-to-back. That is your that is your real, that's your big put-up-or-shut-up game. This is the this is the time, yeah, for the Raptors to finally say, we're, gonna, we're good enough to... We can compete with this team. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's, a, you know, teams like Golden State, Milwaukee, Boston, um... Teams like that, you want to establish your game. They didn't do it the first time against the Bucks, but they've done it against Boston, some of the other teams. So I'm very curious. This is this is see. Obviously, as you said, the regular season doesn't mean a lot, but when you play against those teams, I think it means a lot mentally for a group that's shown to have some mental weakness, but now having oh Danny Green. By far, by the way, is one of my favorite guys to see on the court. Um, when I was being 13 rows up, you really get to see and hear. Unlike hockey games where you know there's the big glass and you're you're only getting a snippet, but man, it's a lot of fun. Just he, he's a guy that obviously was a good player, but also just you know he brings value elsewhere, you know, in other areas. And if I'm uh, if I'm the Raptors. You have to really like your chances right now. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, what's something maybe you're not too convinced with yet about the Raptors, though? Hmm, that's a good question. There's not much. <laughs> um, maybe the maybe health. Okay. That might be the only thing. There's not really many things that I'm not convinced with. They look they look legit. They look like they could win win the East. Okay. Um, 
With that being said, they are up 10 points with two minutes left in the game. This is a big two minutes. Oh, now they're up uh, 12. So big, I need them to win by 10. Well, big, nine and a half. Big minute and a half here for Jake. So we'll let him <laughs> get back to his uh, his betting because we know this is gonna minute and a half is gonna take like 10 minutes. So, oh, I just hope there's no fouling. Give me a, a Raptors three, and that would pretty much do it for me. Yeah. Um, want to thank you, Jake, for uh, taking the time to give us your thoughts on the uh, Nylander and contract. Yeah, no stuff. problem. Thanks for having me on. It was fun. And I hear some lovely background of New York City. I'm assuming that's a train. Yeah, or something. I don't know what it is. Hopefully it's nothing. <laughs> hopefully you don't have to run. Ho hopefully it's not uh, too late so I can get some sleep at a normal hour. Yeah. Um, definitely want to thank you, Jake. I know it's Friday night. Yeah. Usually people have things to do on a Friday night, but we obviously don't have lives right now. Yeah. No, it's, it's not nothing wrong with that. Um, hopefully we get Austin back next week. He had to work tonight, so uh, we'll 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 give him the night off, even though he's not getting the night off technically. But we'll get him back next week and. Hopefully, maybe that'll be the charm to get Nylander signed. Maybe. Hopefully, that would be that would be nice. It would be. Um, yeah, you guys can follow Jake's takes, <laughs> Jake's takes on Twitter at Jake Milton Twelve. I should make a segment like that. Jake's takes. There we go. Okay, we'll have to. It's got a nice ring to it. That see now we're for, see Leafs lunch. Let me see Leafs lunch. Overdrive's not the only ones that can make some good segments. Exactly. In two seconds. We've already got a segment going. Uh, so we'll get Jake's takes the next time on Tip of the Tower. And, uh, yeah, well, maybe Nylander will be signed. Uh, we'll have you updated on that on tipofthetower.com. Jake will have his takes on Twitter as well. I know he's going to be talking to some Islanders fans who have been chirping. And Jake doesn't take that from anyone. So it'll be if you're looking for some entertainment, go on to that Twitter account. It'll be fun. Uh want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, make sure you subscribe and you check out everything on our social pages. And uh, we'll be back next week. We're going to try to make this more of a regular occurrence now that things are kind of getting back to back to our routine, our normal routine. And uh, we'll, go, we'll go from there. Uh, Jake, you are up 16 with 55 seconds left. I would assume that this is good for you. Though. Don't jinx anything. Okay. But hopefully. Okay. We'll let we'll uh we won't say any more so we will avoid the jinxing. Thank you guys for listening. Cheers. We'll, yeah, cheers for the next one. This is where you need the beer can and opening up a beer. Yeah. We'll remember that for next time. Alright, sounds good. Alright. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line. 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 